Welcome to The Guest Cast, the podcast that explores guest stories from real people and looks at how an interaction with hospitality during travel can affect a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by Touchstay Digital Guidebooks. As leaders in the hospitality space, we want to dig into real guest experiences to learn about what really makes an impact on them, however good or bad the experience is. Introducing your Touchstay hosts, Hi friends, I'm Tyann Marsink-Hammond, and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager, and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences. So having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about. So pack your bags and let's join your hosts and this week's guest. Okay, welcome everyone to our next edition of GuestCast, and I'm really excited by this week's guest. It's uh, Rand Fishkin, and for those of you who don't know Rand, I don't know where you've been, because um, (laughs) if you know anything about internet stuff, you ought to know who he is, (laughs) but I forgive you, because he's here and he's going to tell us who he is. So Rand, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Sure. I... Let's see, I live in Seattle, Washington with my wife, Geraldine, uh, who is an, an author and, uh, and as of last year, a James Beard award-winning writer. Yeah, we, the two of us, uh, do a lot of travel because I started a couple of companies in the, in the technology space, the, the best known of which is Moz, but the new one is over the last uh, two and a half, three years is SparkToro, uh, both in, in marketing software arena. The first one was venture-backed. This one, to your point, Andy, not venture-backed for many of the reasons described in that book, Lost and Founder, which uh, which also came out a couple of years ago. So yeah, sort of, you know, technology entrepreneur, author, speaker um, on the professional side. And on the personal side, I am uh, obsessed with pasta and, and a little bit with whiskey as well. I, uh, I, I do quite a bit of cooking, especially during quarantine. That's been kind of my relaxing thing. I, um, I'm also a big fan of, of fiction, uh, graphic novels and trade paperbacks to uh, a lot of t- television shows. I'm one of those rare people who doesn't think it's a bad thing to watch too much TV. To set the stage, uh, my, my father-in-law, his name is Paul, he, he lived in Southern Germany. Um, he passed away. I think it's three or four years ago now. Yeah, just about just about four years ago. And um, he was an, an older guy. He, he was quite old when he had Geraldine um, and w- was actually a an interrogator for U.S. intelligence uh, during the Cold War. So, you know, he'd wow. go he, he occasionally, very rarely, he would tell us a story of something like, well, Rolf and I got in the car and we drove to East Berlin we had to pick up a guy, but they didn't want him found. So we had to hide him in the trunk. Then we took him back. And I translated for him and we're like, translate, you translated for a guy that you threw in the trunk of a car and smuggled to West Berlin. Aha, all right, yeah, we, I think I know what you do. Uh, and, and he lived in Southern Germany. And so every, every year that we could, uh, we would go to Southern Germany and visit Geraldine's father, but but he was a he was a very particular kind of older generation guy, right? The kind of guy who he wants to see his daughter, he likes his son-in-law, 
Um, I used to joke with Geraldine and her brother that I was actually his favorite. And he really liked you to leave after two or three days. Like that was, that was the maximum amount of time that you should spend with him. And then you should go on your way because he had, I don't know, his model airplanes to build in his basement and a life of spying to keep secret. Uh, and, and so we, um, one of these years, this is, I think, probably six or seven years ago now, we fly to Germany. I, I spoke at a conference there, SMX Munich, which is a, like a web marketing conference. Great event put on by um, Sandra Finlay. And, and um, yeah, I really miss going to that. But they, then we, we uh, flew to Naples, Napoli, uh, and had heard things about the Amalfi Coast for years. Uh, and how beautiful it was. So we, we decided we're going to go visit some of Geraldine's family up in her family's village. So here we have the story with Rand and he set the scene for us that him and his wife have gone to Italy to visit his, her family. They've done a bit of business along the way as well. And now at the end of their trip, they're finally going to take a break and have vacation time together. And we're going to hear how a simple act of service from a hotel employee had a dramatic effect on their vacation experience and one that stayed with them forever afterwards. After a couple of days there, we decide, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna drive to the Amalfi Coast. And Geraldine's relatives in Frigento have warned us. They're like, driving in Amalfi, very dangerous. You know, the road, the road around the Amalfi Coast is one lane, but traffic goes both ways. And the Italians are just sort of like, eh, it'll be fine. And there's giant tour buses, giant tour buses that are the entire width of the road, like both sides, they're hanging off either side of the road. And so if you encounter one as you're driving and it's coming the other way, you've <laughs> got to back up to the last town, <laughs> right? So you've got to reverse your car for, you know, six, seven miles. You've got to reverse your car in spots to the last town where there's a place where they can, you know, pass you by. <laughs> Ludicrous. It is absolutely insane. And apparently during the tourist months, which is like April to November, it's incredibly bad and, and I, I wouldn't risk it at all. But we're going at the end of March, the first week that the hotels are, are even open in Amalfi. And so uh, we're, we're driving this rental car that we picked up at the airport in Napoli. Uh, we, get to, we get just about to Amalfi. And I, I, I made a mistake with the, the maps. This was, this was just at the edge of when Google Maps was starting to get re reasonably decent in, in Italy. Um, and I pull off into like a, what I thought was maybe the, the correct road, but it's not. It's actually like a little parking area. I don't know, side parking area in this tiny town. And okay, we're in the wrong spot. Look at the map, try and figure it out. All right, turn around reverse the car, smash into a parked car. At the time, our finances were not what they, what they are now. Our finances now are decent. You know, that we're not millionaires by any means, but we have enough money where a few thousand dollars of like a bad rental car accident wouldn't be, you know, horrific. But when this happened, that was not the case. This was like a, oh my God. We're going to be out so much money. How are we going to afford this? What What are we going to do? Like this is going to this is going to really mess with our savings and our whole like life plan. And oh my God, is this going to be? You know, are we talking about two thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or what's going to happen? 
After a few minutes of panic, I get out of the car, grab a pen and paper, and I start writing a note. Ciao, signori. Wait, I don't speak Italian. <laughs> Geraldine, <laughs> come here. <laughs> um, so uh, Geraldine does speak Italian. She, she, you know, her family's all Italian, so she grew up speaking Italian. So she writes, she writes a note, although I, I, in, in my memory, I think she said that she accidentally used the wrong verb for, she didn't say, we hit your car. She said, we beat up your car. Like, <laughs> battuto, battuto <laughs> macchina, right? We beat up your vehicle. So we leave a note, we leave our contact information, put it on the, the guy's uh, dash. It, it ended up being a, a gentleman. I'll, I'll fill you in on that part later. But now I'm stressed out of my mind. Both of us are just like beyond, uh, beyond stressed. And this is supposed to be the vacation portion of our trip, right? We've, we've done the like family visit. We've done the work stuff. We've seen her dad. Like we're, we're doing all the obligations are done. Now we're in the fun part, except this is not, this is not very fun. This is very stressful. So we drive the rest of the way down this, you know, narrow little road. The, the town is gorgeous. Like I can see why people visit the Amalfi Coast in spite of the driving conditions because it's possibly the most beautiful place I've ever been on the whole planet. And we arrive at this hotel. It's called Hotel Santa Catarina. And the only reason we could afford it is because we are at the very edge of tourist season and they had some crazy special going before like most of the bars and restaurants and, every, and the towns open up. Um, and the, the hotel is just stunning, like beyond beyond anything I can describe to you. Just so gorgeous and, and perfect. And we drive up and there's a valet, right? The valet introduces himself. I think his name was Vincenzo. So Vin Vincenzo comes, he, he, you know, he's talking to us. Geraldine shows him, hey, we, we hit a car back there, you know, in the town, da, 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 da. He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's Italy. Everybody hits everybody. You know, this is, it's bumper cars here, you know, basically <laughs> go inside, you know, take a load off, whatever. Geraldine's feeling a little better. I am, I am crazy stressed still. Go to the room. It's, I, I can't describe how beautiful it is. Just uh, most perfect place in, on the whole planet. And um, we decide, okay, well, let's, let's walk into town. We don't want to drive anymore. Let's walk into town. So we walk into town in the afternoon. We walk around this little... Um, I mean, it's a, you know, it's the biggest city on the coast, but it's still barely a village, um, but it is gorgeous. And then we walk back to our hotel. It's, uh, it's late afternoons, so almost sunset. And we see what, what I thought was our car. Like it's, you know, the, it's an Italian rental car. So it looks exactly like the one that we rented, but there's no more big dent. Like the big dent on the, on the driver's side where, uh, where I smashed into this guy is, is gone. And so we're just walking around the car, like, is this ours? And we see another one that maybe is ours. We walk over to that one. We're like, no, this is the wrong color. I think it, it, maybe somebody else, maybe the valet, maybe Vincenzo took our car somewhere else. And this is just another one. Vincenzo comes out and he's like, well, you know, he's speaking in Italian, but Geraldine's translating for me. He's like, I couldn't get it perfect, but uh, you know, I used to work in my cousin's shop and, and so I buffed out the dent as best I could. And, uh, you know, the, the rental car company, they probably won't notice. We are just like stunned, right? I am, I am stunned. I'm, I'm ready to cry. 
right? This guy has just made my whole week. And uh, I think I gave him a hug and 40 euros <laughs> as a tip. Um, and so uh, we, you know, we go upstairs, we have the rest of our vacation. It's lovely and wonderful. The, the highways are a damn nightmare. Uh, and we, we drive the car, at the end of the week, we drive the car back to Napoli um, airport and we go to the rental car place and, you know, got my heart pounding, like we're returning the car. So the, the, the guys come out from the rental car facility, they, they do a once around, they come back into the, uh, into the place and they say, Scusi, uh, signore, did you hit, did you uh, smash the, the driver, the passenger side, what's that called, um, uh, rear view mirror? I look at him in all honesty, absolutely not. No way. He's like, okay, was probably previous customer. Done. No, no sweat. Like the rental car, that was it. They did not notice. Vincenzo's buff job was perfect. They didn't notice at all that the car had been smashed. So we, we fly back to the US and I think it was almost a month later, I get an email from, ciao, this is so-and-so from Amalfi. I believe you are the first person to ever leave a note in Italy. <laughs> like you left a note on my car and you are the first person to ever do so. Um, I love Italy, I love Italians, but you know, there's kind of a culture of if you can get away with a little thing, you get away with a little thing. Um, and so I think it ended up being something like $1,900 or $1,800 worth of damage to his car. He sent us the receipt from some auto shop uh, in Amalfi. We paid, and that was that. It, it ended up being okay. <laughs> but, but what yeah. incredible hospitality from- I know. From, I what, know. what was his, the valet, what was his name again? I think it was Vincenzo. Vincenzo. Yeah, just yeah. taking it within his, what he had within his power that he knew would make your stay so wonderful. I mean, it, it was literally the best service I, I can recall ever getting anywhere in my whole life. Uh, and that, that will probably be true uh, for the next 50 years too, because that that's just above and beyond. It is. Seeing, seeing your stress, you know exactly what you were stressed about. And yeah. he said, hey, you, you, you come here stressed. You don't, you, don't, you don't be stressed here. This is, this is vacation. You know, Italy has its ups and downs. There is an element to the culture there of taking care of people around you and like um, just kindness for anyone who's in your orbit that, uh, yeah, is, is absolutely beautiful. Just incredible. So Tyan, that was a fascinating story. I wonder how we can take that story and figure out what our listeners can learn about their own business and how to implement these kind of things in their own businesses. What mainly struck me is that this uh, the hotel employee, this valet, had a skill set, and his the hotel management let him take his skill set that he had and apply it to the guest experience for this guest, for Rand and his wife, making this very stressful arrival to the hotel just be smoothed out and go away by the end of the first day. I, that, that's right. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting that an employee who you would think was of a pay grade that was, I just have a job to do and that's it, has the, the 
um, the foresight, the ability, the, the smarts to figure out exactly how to make that real difference. And I don't think that that employee would necessarily have known or have been empowered to do that had it not been someone prompting him like his employer. So I think it's a really good point that it's, it's all about how the employees feel that they have the freedom to exercise discretion in dealing with their guests. I have one of the lines that Rand said in his story really stuck out to me about how the whole culture there in Italy is taking care of the people around you. And that's exactly what the valet did is he took care of the people around him. I know that I'm going to take back to my businesses and give my guest experience managers the, you know, the ability and to empower them to take care of the guests to one, you know, make sure they know that they need to listen to the guest, but then they can take care of the guest along with the needs of the guest. I also think it's a it's a it's a cultural thing, and I don't think that that necessarily has to exclude you from being able to do these kind of things. And, and by that, I mean the Italian culture from a hospitality, human, sort of connective, emotional sense that they're brilliant. You know that that's that's what they do really really well, and and we all know that. Um, but it doesn't just happen because they're Italian. I mean, I guess that's an innate part of of their their makeup, but we all have that inside us um, and it's worth challenging ourselves and to think about how we can adopt some, some Italianness to our hospitality approach. That is so true. And for those of you who feel like they don't, they were not born with that hospitality or grew up in that culture. I, and this might be a surprise to you. I personally do not have that hospitality skill set or that culture and I've had to learn it. You know, I've gone out and, and learned and what I need to do. And I think that's part of why I like the guest experience so much. And I'm listening to those around me and putting myself in those positions to figure out, okay, this is what other people are doing. This is how it makes me feel. Let me listen to my guests and get, you know, and make, how, how can I get them to feel the same way? Well, that's interesting time. Cause I'm sort of chuckling to myself and reflecting on your heritage and, um, that you, you are European in, in back background. I don't know quite how long ago, but, um, but that's not the point. The point is that you're a different kind of European. You're more sort of Germanic and um, we don't want to stereotype things, but, but they, they, there is a, a certain efficiency and, um, and automation that, that, that you think of when you think about, um, and, and I would say British people come into that set as well, um, that kind of sort of Northern European side. So it, it probably hasn't come that naturally to you through your, your heritage and your DNA, uh, maybe. Am I, am I wrong or right? No, you are totally correct. Um, absolutely. I, my, my dad is full German and I'm sixth generation here in, our, um, in Missouri where we're at. And even looking at my, my dad's line and my great grandfather and how frugal he was. And I think a lot of folks, a lot of our listeners can probably really connect with that. Um, you know, you've got the, the efficiency skills, you've got the frugality, um, but those hospitality skills are something that you, you might struggle with, but you can, I can tell you, you can definitely learn it. It doesn't mean that your background or your culture or anything is bad. It's just different. And we have to learn how to um, take our skill sets that we have and apply them in the way that we need to. Nature versus nurture, perhaps a bit going on here. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got, yeah, I think also you've got to have in, in your, 
your your personality you, you do have to have a sense of um outgoingness sociability etc and you, and you have that in in spades so I, I guess that is the bit where you are at an advantage versus other people but nonetheless as you, as you say you have had to learn things um and figure things out it doesn't just come naturally straight away so yeah i, th I think i think it's brilliant I, I love this concept do you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast if so, head to theguestcast.com, send us a brief outline of your story, and we'll be in touch. And remember to subscribe to The Guestcast on your favourite podcast app, leave us a five-star review, and say hello on our social media, at TouchStay on Twitter and Facebook, and at TouchStayWelcome on Instagram. This podcast was brought to you by TouchStay Digital Guidebooks. You can learn more about TouchStay and how they can help make your guests happier at touchstay.com.